welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and boy, do we have a show for you today. We're going to be talking about the events, dances with film festivals, Cuckoo, Harajuku, Music Baby, Thomas Edison's Lab, It's Always Sharkest, and this show is sponsored by Elisa Knows What to Do, Season 1. We're also going to be talking about the highly anticipated and amazing film, Wonder Woman, Right now, we're going to start off the show with Kalista talking about it. Kalista, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Fantastic. Well, let's get right into it. Well, they've finally done it. DC, after many movies of just flops, you actually made a good one. It feels so good. How does it feel? Everyone, uh, round of applause for DC finally making another good movie. Ah, oh, it's so refreshing. I cannot tell you how much I love Wonder Woman. So, Callista, tell me about what you thought of it. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I thought this movie was fantastic. You know, it's kind of like, out of all the characters in DC Comics, I figured, like, you know, why don't they do a Wonder Woman movie? Because, I mean, they've done multiple Superman and Batman movies and a few other movies of other characters like Green Lantern and... I, don't even, I, I can't even really think of other characters right now, but they've done other DC movies, but I'm like, why don't they do a Wonder Woman movie? And when I saw the trailers, I'm like, this looks amazing, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting is that it's, this movie is, I feel, I feel like it's, it's like we've been having a dinner, the worst dinner ever, and then you're finally served a delicious lobster dinner, and it's delicious, and you want to enjoy it, but there's still that that bad taste in the back of your mouth, thinking, what's going to happen next? Because the next movie we have is Justice League, and we don't know what to expect from and, that. And, uh, yeah, that we, one's going to be well, we don't interesting. Know what and we, we're hot, and now Wonder Woman's got us excited. But uh, tell us, what did you think about, well, the action in this film? Let's get right into this film. So, what did you think about the action? Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. You have no idea. Okay, so I loved the action scenes, like, mm-hmm. so much. I, my favorite scene is when one woman and her other, like, friends, like, they um, go and they live, and they liberate, like, the, the town, and, um, like, I was, like, literally, like, gripping the armrest and like leaning forward and then like when the Wonder Woman theme oh my god when the Wonder Woman theme started playing I literally just like yeah just internally screaming I think it's interesting is that like, the, la- the last like superhero film that was like a leading woman being a superhero was Catwoman with Halle Berry and that was pretty much the representation of women in superhero films and it's so refreshing to have such a amazingly leading lady, Gal Gadot, and an absolutely spectacular director, Patty Jenkins, who also directed oh, Monster, yeah. one of my favorite films. She's absolutely spectacular. It's just great to have great direction, great actors, and just well, an over- it helps that Patty yeah. Jenkins is also like really loved Wonder Woman and wanted to make sure that it was a good representation of Wonder Woman. So it's like, thank God for that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just super refreshing because I, I love I, the action sequences in this film are just spectacular. So many different like slow-mos. And I thought I would get tired of it because they really use the slow motion in this film. But honestly, though, I, I, I really enjoyed every second of it. It was absolutely a marvel. Well, it's a DC film, but still, it was a marvel to watch. Well, I mean, considering their recent stuff, I don't blame you for being that excited. Definitely. Well, what did you th- what did you think? I mean, what with now with this film, the success of this film with DC, what are you what are you thinking about DC films now? Do you feel like, hey, we may have a ray of hope? I mean, I'm still a little like suspicious about it. I guess you could say because. Yeah. 
I I love DC Comics. I've basically been growing up as a humongous DC Comics fan for for basically since I was like three, mm-hmm. and I I love the cartoons. I actually have some of the comics, and love I love the movies. And the thing is, though, it's like basically as soon as Zack Snyder took over, then everyone's basically just been laughing at recent DC movies, and and mm-hmm. it's like then Wonder Woman came out and everyone loves it, but then everyone's like. Yeah, like you said, like, the bad taste at the back of your mouth, like, okay, so we've had, like, a straight line of terrible for a while, now we got something actually good, but where do we go from here? I am hoping that they learn from their mistakes and, like, oh, okay, this is what the people want, and they actually decide to do something good with it. Because this has some serious improvements over Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and, like, Suicide Squad. Like, it has some serious improvements. One, it's actually light enough that I can actually see the action. But, like, that's just one that I can think of off the top of my head. And it's like, this movie was, like, like you said, how, like, the next one is Justice League. And... I should be excited because it's a Justice League movie and there's going to be Flash and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Batman. But it's like, I really can't say what I think is going to happen after Wonder Woman. But honestly, though, I'm just hoping that they learn from their mistakes and improve from it. Because it would be terrible if you have a straight line of terrible movies, one actually good movie, and then continue on the straight line of terrible movies. Well, I also feel like they don't earn it because uh, the Marvel Universe really built up Avengers with several different movies and all the way from the first Iron Man and ending with Captain America. But the thing is that DC hasn't earned it. They they are just rushing out movies saying like, okay, we're going to do Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, and then boom, Justice League. They just haven't earned it. You're listening to Kids um. Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by... Alicia Knows What to Do, Season 1, and we're going to continue our conversation with Callista about Wonder Woman. So, um, Callista, what else do you have to say about Wonder Woman? Well, honestly, I mean, first of all, I think everyone should see this movie. I could be obvious and be like, oh yeah, comic book fans will love this movie. No, everyone just go see Wonder Woman right now. I actually am going to rewatch it because my dad didn't get to see it, and he's basically the reason I'm a humongous DC fangirl. But I mean, it's like... Everyone should just go see Wonder Woman, like, right now. It's a really good movie. You need to see it. And Zack Snyder, please don't let us just have one good movie in your new DC movie universe. I know I agree that you didn't earn it, but please, if I get a good DC movie, I won't care if if you earned it or not. I just want a good DC movie. Honestly, though, I want to kind of, like, talk on Zack Snyder's behalf. I actually am one of the people who like who like Zack Snyder. I think he's actually a very good director from a visual standpoint. I loved Watchmen. I loved his visuals in 300. And I really, I didn't mind Man of Steel. I thought Man of Steel was okay, but it wasn't the best. I think he can be a capable director when he has time and when he's given a good script. And it's sad that he just hasn't been yeah. given the best script lately. And the poor guy, I think he can be a good director. He just needs to be given good scripts. Honestly, I agree, though. But, I mean, it's like, I just, I mean, Wonder Woman was written very well. But the thing is, though, it's just all all I am concerned about is just, is Wonder Woman going to be the only good movie that we've had, this is going to be the only good DC movie in Zack Snyder's universe, because it is technically Zack Snyder's whole, like, little DC Comics connected universe uh, in the movies, and it's like, I am just hoping that Wonder Woman, that we just, I'm just hoping that's just the case where we judged it too quickly, based on the first three movies, even though I will admit that the ending of Batman vs. Superman literally made me want to throw something at the screen, but I'm just hoping... That we just judged it too quickly based on the first three movies, even though I didn't actually think Suicide Squad was that bad. And it's actually just going to get better. That's what I'm hoping. I may be a little too optimistic, but I'm just hoping we actually are going to... I'm just hoping Justice League actually is good. That's honestly all I want right now. Well, we can only hope for the best, but uh, 
can you give me your star? How many stars you give this? An age range? I would honestly give this a five out of five. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm just so happy that this was good. But honestly, though, I think it deserves a five out of five, and I'd probably recommend this to about thirteen to eighteen because, yeah, I. I could see, like, younger kids watching it, but I, I can understand, like, littler kids watching this, but, I mean, they do, like, there are some pretty intense scenes in this, and then there's the action, and then a, f a few references that I think they won't, that I need you, you need to be, like, 12 or up to understand, so I'd probably recommend this to, like, 13 or older. I, I get you, and I think it's I think that's a good age recommendation. But I have to say that when I saw this film, I was sitting like next to a family, and she, they had the little nine year old girl. They, she looked about nine, but she was like a little kid, and she was watching. And there was this one scene where they where Chris Pine's character talks to Wonder Woman for the first time um, in the I think in like the cave scene, and they're making jokes about like he's the first man that she's seen, and they're like they've been they're going on. You know the scene I'm talking about. They just keep yeah, talking. I know. And then the little girl next to me just says, "We get it. He's a dude. Get on with it." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" Because they go I on mean... about it. They go on witchy banter. Just be like, "Oh, hey, I'm a guy, and I have this, and this is what I do." And wait, you don't have this where you come from? I'm like, yes. And she's like, "Come on already." <laughs> she's, she's, oh my god. I can already tell that she's going to be a savage when she grows up. And wife from the action star, she's going like, about time. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much, Calista, for talking about Wonder Woman. It's been a pleasure. I agree. I am so happy that I had someone I could talk about this to because it is a really good movie, and I'm still not over the fact that it's just that good. It is truly spectacular, and if you want to go see it, check it out in theaters now. It's out. What are you doing? Go out and see it now. Yes, so everyone just drop what you're doing and go see Wonder Woman. We have well, our priorities straight. So should you. Watch Wonder Woman after the radio show. Speaking of which, well, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Alyssa Knows What to Do Season 1. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about the amazing Wonder Woman with Callista. We're also going to be continuing this show talking about Thomas Edison and also Wonder Woman once again. Right now I'm here with the wonderful Morgan, 12 years old from California, and we're going to be talking about the Dances with Films Festival and also Cuckoo, Harajuku. Well, Morgan, let's get right into it. You are now attending a wonderful dance, uh, wonderful festival called Dances with Films. So I'm telling you about what makes this festival different from other film festivals. 
Well, I think that this is actually a really fun festival because they include all kinds of different films, like documentaries, as well as animations, horrors, and so many others. And you really are able to enjoy it for what it is. Plus, you get to meet so many different people, like the talent is fantastic, and the people there are really inspiring. Plus, they also have panels there. Like, I've got to attend a couple of them, where they have casting directors, people who are distributing people, um, and producers, directors, and so much more. And I actually just got done going to one of the panels today, and uh, they were fantastic because they teach you so much. Yeah, the film festivals are a great opportunity to just embrace such diverse and amazing films for independent filmmakers out there. And it's just it, they're just a great atmosphere. So what would you um, what have you enjoyed so far since this is what? Uh, how many days have you been doing this so far now? I've actually been doing it since Friday. So it's about five days and it's stupendous. Honestly, it is stupendous. And I've learned so much over the past five days because they have so much to say and they are awe-inspiring, just awe-inspiring. And they all have different opinions and they all have different things to say and they really want to help each other. They always are lending to wanting to give a helping hand and they're always wanting to help each other out. They're always like, here's the greatest advice we can give you and you know what, here's what can help your film become an even better film. Yeah, the filmmaking community is such a warm community because we're all a group of artists trying to create and tell stories. So it's just an amazing atmosphere. And also you're surrounded by people who love watching movies. So it's just there's just so many movies, so many movies to watch in so little time. So have you been checking out some of the films there? Um, as a matter of fact, I have. I actually just got done seeing a film called Cassidy Bread. And I also got done watching a little bit of uh, shorts and so many others that were just terrific. Well, um, let's talk about one of them. Um, so what did, you, what did you think of some of the shorts? Because those are always fun to watch. The shorts are all very different. Like, the horror shorts are very scary and very unique. And I actually got to talk to some of the cast members of the shorts, and they thought that there were some creepy things there, and they were like, we were, like, scared of some of the props because um, they were, like, they were so realistic, and they thought there was something going to always jump out at them, and... They thought that when they were doing the campfire scenes, that was really cool. Because one of the campfire scenes that they did was the very first time that they met and bonded together. So they thought that was very fun, and they thought it was very original. And also, there was a person who did a starfish thing. Her name was Kate Green. And she was trying to do a documentary of finding out what was wrong with the starfish. Because there were thousands upon millions of them dying. And they were just turning into goop. And when she was a child, she would actually have tide pools. And she was playing with them, picking them up and everything. And she loved them from her childhood. So she was trying to find a cure for them and help them. And... She said that uh, the rest would have to be figured out if she would have to watch the film to find out the rest. Wow, so those are some amazing shorts and films coming out. And it's great because we need, I like outlets like this, and I'm glad we're able to like support these different films because we need to support as many, some of the best films are not even talked about. And that's what's great about independent filmmaking because there's just so much freedom that sadly studios just don't provide filmmakers in a lot of areas. So, uh, are there any full-length films that you've seen besides shorts? Um, Cassidy Red was actually one of them. It was actually a very cool western. It brought a lot of the western quality out, but at the same time, I think it could have uh, had a little bit more to it because, like, it had a stand-down and everything. But at the same time, it was a little bit, like, kind of weird because it was just, it didn't add a lot, but it was actually very cool. And it was unique at the same time. So it was very different. And it was also shot in old Tucson. So I really did enjoy that aspect. And I knew about that. And I had actually been there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been there before. So it was really nice being able to know about that. Well, it sounds like you're having a great time at the festival. But uh, I can't wait to hear more from it. I hope we're able to update with, with your progress at the film festival. And... Yeah, enjoy the rest of your time there. We're going to continue the show right now. So um, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Elisa Knows What to Do, Season 1. And we're also going to be talking about the films Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, It's Always Sharkest, 
and we're going to continue the show talking to Morgan about Cuckoo Harajuku right now. So, um, Morgan, switching over to this show, uh, this is a, looks like a cute, fun, animated show created by another spectacular um, music artist, Gwen Stefani. So, um, tell us a little bit about what it is. Well, basically, Cuckoo Hachiraku is about these amazing, fantastic girls who are trying to figure out who they are, and they're trying to have an amazing time by uh, starting a band called HA5, and they're basically trying to start the band, but they never get to sing because they're always trying to battle cute aliens, or they're trying to find a way to sing, but they're always trying to do something crazy because they always have something against them, like pushing them down. So what they're doing is they're always trying to make everything right, and they're always trying to lead up to their leader, who is named G, played by Imagine Christian, who's the leader of the band. And she's actually, a fun fact, she's supposed to be the image of Gwen Stefani to encourage young girls to become themselves and have faith in each other as well. And then Aww. baby Charlotte Nicody is the one who loves everything and just wants to give everyone a giant hug and talk things out. And love Daisy Mosterman is the brainiac and she knows her technology and her brain is big when it comes to knowledge. And she is one giant smart cookie. The music Sally Nickward are, Arshwood is the sarcastic, sassy one who knows what to do and when to do it. And Angel Emma Tyre Ishwood is the girl to call when you need an outfit or for an event. And she loves fashions and shopping, and they all want to be best friends for each other while trying to make it as a girl band in the showbiz. And they're all true to themselves and believe every problem has a solution at the same time. Sounds like a fun show, and I'm, I've been looking at some of the trailers and even some of the episodes, and it looks like some very cute, upbeat type of animation. It's an Australian um, production, so it's, it's a little bit different. What would you say is makes this show unique than other animated shows? I'd have to say that what makes it unique is that they really don't use a lot of... Like, they usually use a lot of brain power and they're trying to use the kind of different things about friendship and they're not really trying to use any kind of things where like let's use violence they're like trying to say let's use knowledge knowledge is power is basically what they're trying to say and they're also using feminism at the same time and the animation is also fantastic but the animation is very different as well and they add so much depth and perception to it, which is really amazing. And I really do love that. And also, that was fantastic. And it's big, and it's colorful, and it's wide, and it's variety. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. And the lessons that you learn while watching the show are also very inspirational and helpful. HJ5 it helps kids learn to be themselves and accept who they are. And that it makes this show really just so special and unique. People would all just, they have to be quirky and different, and that's the qualities that make them who they are. And the world would be boring if everyone was the same, since they have the person, Mr. No Fun. The mm -hmm. world would just be, you know, diff it would just be all gray, and that would be boring. And that's what he wants to do when the girls always try and help stop him by spreading color to the world. It is definitely a colorful television show. Now, you, you got to tell me about the music, because I'm a huge Gwen Stefani, no doubt, fan. It's the, the music is spectacular. I love it. So tell us a bit about how music plays into this. Um, to be honest, they actually don't really sing a lot. Like, they have the intro song, which is a really adorable, but it's mainly about the lessons. Mm -hmm. The girls actually never really get to sing because they are always trying to battle Mr. No Fun, or they're trying to battle all the people, um, like the aliens or the other civilizations or such, or they're trying to stop whatever's going on. Like, in my favorite episode, Phony Ponies, which is the cutest episode of the bunch. It reminded me of the Kentucky Derby, uh, the hats and the cute ponies. Like, they're trying to stop the ponies from getting hypnotized and everything, so they didn't get to sing at all during the show. Um, so <laughs> it's not really about the music. Like, the only music that they have is the intro song, to be honest. And I wish And I wish that they had added some more music, 
But other than that, I think that it was really an amazing show for everybody who loves fashion, fun, and entertainment. Fun. And how many stars and what you, what do you say is the age range for this show? I would say that the age range is 4 to 12 because I think that the age range that they gave on the cover of the DVD is a bit too low. And I think that they could expand their variety to a bigger audience of fans for kids who love music, fashion, adorableness, including myself and many others. We'll just adore this fabulous DVD without a doubt. And I'm giving this spunky DVD five out of five kawaii singing stars for sure. And Cuckoo Hajiraku is coming out in a DVD at a store near you on June 13th, 2017 in North America and July 4th in 2017 in Canada. And it is brought to you by Shout Factory. So go ahead and check it out and enjoy it with your family and friends. Perfect. Couldn't say it better myself. But thank you so much, Morgan, for talking about this show. It's been a pleasure. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Elisa Knows What to Do Season 1. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, and welcome back. I'm Morgan Brian Birch, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about some wonderful things, such as Wonder Woman, and later we'll be talking about Dances with Films and Cuckoo Hajraku and Wonder Woman once again. But right now we're going to be talking about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab with the one and only fabulous and magnificent 12-year-olds. One is in Los Angeles, and her name is Jolene, and one is also 12, who is in New York, and she is named Carla. So let's get started on Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, and our sponsor for the day is Alyssa Knows What to Do. So let's get on with the interview. So what did you think about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab? Let's start off with you, Jolene, who is 12 and in Los Angeles. This movie was very educational, and the animations are really great, and they added humor in it, so it was really interesting to learn at the same time and watch. And would you agree, Carla, who's 12 in New York, or do you have a different opinion on this? Yeah, I thought it was, um, a, it was a very cute educational show, and I like how they add, like, little, like, funny, like, you know, like, funny stuff in there. I thought it was like very cute and like I and like little kids will like laugh like at it like I got you so they added a little bit of quirkiness to it so that way it wouldn't be just like lectures and it wouldn't be so educational yeah and so it's really it is a cute show for kids and it's actually really adorable I've seen a few episodes from past DVDs and such so who would be your favorite character from this DVD because we have Thomas Edison and we also have many other characters and my personal favorite was Von Bolt. I absolutely loved him or Angie. I loved both of them. I thought they were absolutely adorable. Angie was my favorite character because I can relate to her that um, 
she she like she's a perfectionist and she can get very mad if she doesn't get something that she wants or if she doesn't get something right. I can relate to Angie in that way, but I also like Angie because um, in one of the episodes, um, the competitors of the bot competition were bullying her friends and she stood up for them. So I like her personality. And do you agree, Carla, or do you have a different opinion? Yeah, well? I also like Angie because of what she said. Like she stood up to the to the to the people, and I thought that was like teaching kids to like stand up for your friends and such. Because like you don't want anyone to like hurt like their feelings to get hurt, and you want everyone to be happy. Yeah, because most people want to stand back, but you know what? Bullying is not okay, and you need to stand up for others. Like, would you want people to stand up for you? So you really need to put yourself in that aspect as well. Yeah. And how was the acting and voiceovers? Did, like, because I remember when I first saw them, I thought they were a little bit too, I thought they were kind of squeaky, but did they fix that? Or did you think that they were okay? Carla, let's start off with you. I thought the voice acting was good. Like, I didn't hear any squeakiness to it. I thought it was, like, you know, consistent and, like, nice and not like squeaky or like you know anything weird like that and you agree jolene yes i agree with carla um the voice acting was really good the sound quality was great and um i didn't hear any squeakiness hmm, okay and did you like the style of the animation because i thought it was actually very simple but at the same time you got to see a lot of diameter and they added a, quite a lot to it so it was like simple, but at the same time, you got to see lots of different things and aspects, and that really brought a lot out. So it really made it very different and unique from the things that we see today. Do you, let's start off with you, Carla. I thought the animation was very cute. It kind of reminds me of the Fairly Odd Parents. I don't know why, but it just reminds me of it. And also, it. Like, I like how the robots are animated because they look, like, very cute. But, like, in the first episode, like, one of the robots, like, got out of the control and it was, like, spinning around. And I thought it was, like, very funny. And, like, the kids will, like, enjoy that and think that was, like, cute and funny and, like, laugh at it. Now that you said that, that actually can be seen. That it does remind you of the Fairly Odd Parents. I didn't think of that until you said that. And, Jolene, uh, do you have a different perspective or do you agree? Um, I was going to say what Carlo was going to say. It does remind me of Fairly Odd Parents. Um, I think I think the style of animation that they chose, like the cartoon style, I think it's the same, actually. It looks very similar to Fairly Odd Parents. And um, I agree with you, Morgan, that it the animation is pretty simple, but I feel like it's not too simple that because it's an educational show and they had to animation... They had to animate some of the some of the scenes with the scientific plants and flowers and such. So I think it was simple, but not too simple that you couldn't see the details that were needed to see. Definitely. They do add a lot to it. So it's very nice. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking about some magnificent topics, such as Wonder Woman. Right now we are talking about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab. Later we will be talking about Dances with Films, and also Cuckoo Hajraku and Wonder Woman once again. And right now I am talking to the wonderful Jolene, who is 12 in Los Angeles, and Carla, who is 12 in New York. And we are having the three 12-year-olds, including me. I am Morgan Birch, reporting for Kids First, who is 12 in Los Angeles as well. So let's continue our interview about the wonderful Thomas Edison's Secret Lab. So we were just talking about the animation, so let's get continuing. Well, what was your favorite episode in this fantastic series? And let's start off with you, Jolene. Um, my favorite scene was actually the scene where they shrink to be super small and they go through the process of pollination. Um, I thought it was really, uh, really cool to see pollination, but from a different perspective because they actually like hung on to the bee and went inside the flower so it was really cool yeah you don't see that like most people think oh let's shrink and then they usually trying to examine houses and stuff but they took it to a scientific level which was really interesting yeah and yeah. let's go with you um carla 
What was I, your favorite I, scene? I was actually going to say what Jolene's going to say, because I thought that was, like, very cute. And also, like, they were so small and cute. Um, And also, I liked how they're, like, talking about pollination, because, like, you learn that in school and such, but, like, I don't think that they, like, talk about it in, like, a more, like, you know, like, specific way. Oh, so that's understandable. Yeah, that's actually very unique, because most people are like, oh, well, the bees pollinate the flowers, or the... Uh, they really just say that. They don't really go that much into detail. So it's really nice when you get to be able to go into that and you're happy with what you get. It's really nice. And also, I would have to say, I know that the animation is fantastic. And I know that the plot is really cool. So did you enjoy the plot that they actually wanted to bring Thomas Edison back? Because it's actually really cool the way that they were able to do so. And let's start off with you, Carla. I thought it was very cool because, like, he was, like, a holograph version, and I thought that was, like, teaching kids that, like, scientists are, like, cool and that they invent, like, cool stuff and that maybe kids could be inspired and maybe they could create a hologram. I think that's already around. I don't... I feel like I've seen it, like, award shows, but, um, like, now, like, kids could be inspired by that. And do you agree, Jolene? Um, I actually thought that bringing back Thomas Edison as a holograph and, like, as a mentor character and guiding the children, uh, I feel like it wasn't bad, but I feel like it was a little bit cliche, but I'm okay with it. It's just, it's, I feel like it's not that necessary to be there. I, I know, but he is actually one of the greatest inventors of all time. I mean, come on, he invented so many different unique things that I absolutely loved, including the one and only light bulb and so many other incredible things that you just cannot miss. Yes, so, but in the movie, sadly, they did not go into that. Yeah, they should have added that, but still, he does, he is fantastic. And also, what would you say the age range for this film would be? And what would, um, why do you say that? Let's start off with you, Jolene. Um, I give it an age range of maybe six to, um, six to 12, because this, the science that they teach, uh, is for like younger grades. So I don't think a 12 year old would learn much from it, like me. But, I actually think 12-year-olds should watch it because it's really nice because a lot of 12-year-olds think that science isn't that cool and stuff. So if they watch it, they'll really like science and think it's actually useful. And um, I think that it's a really good movie. So five out of five stars because it teaches a lot of things and makes learning fun at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's actually a really great refresher course. And wh what was your perspective on this, Carla? Like, how many stars would you give it, and what would your uh, age range be? I would give it a 5 out of 5 stars because it's, like, teaching, like, educational things, like, science things that, like, kids should know. And um, the age range, I think it's, like, 5 to 10, 5 to 9. No, 5 to 10. Because, like, the 12-year-olds already, like, know this, like, especially if they're, like, in middle school, like I am. Like, like, they're teaching this over and over again, like, during the school, like, but, like, the little, the little, like, the little kids, like, they would learn more from it than, like, a 12-year-old. Yeah, but I think it would be great for a refresher course, because most of us, like, it stuff goes out of our brain, or, you know, we remember it, and we'd learn more, or we'd remember things, and be like, oh, yeah, I remember this, and it would bring you back to when you were younger. It just, it's kind of fun to me. Well, thank you so much for this interview. It was fantastic talking to you. Thank you. So thank let's you. take a break. I'm Morgan Brian Birch here in Sunny LA, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And our sponsor for today is Alyssa Knows What's To Do, season number one. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Thomas Edison's secret lab. It's always Sharkist. And also we, ta- uh, and also we talked about Kuku Harajuku and the Dances with Film Festivals. Right now we're going to continue our Wonder Woman train with Benjamin. Thank you so much, Ben, for being on the program. Thank you for having me. Now, I've already expressed how much I love Wonder Woman with Galista in the beginning of the show, so, well... What did you think of it? I hated it, Kiefer. This is the worst film I have ever seen. Just kidding. It's awesome. <laughs> Automatically it, lost so many viewers for those few seconds. I'm back. <laughs> it's great. The directing's good. It's presented very well. It's just the ideal blockbuster to go see this summer. Yeah, honestly. I mean, summer is upon us, and this is just a great way to open up our summer blockbusters. And So were you pleasantly surprised by this film? I was actually pretty pumped to go see this film going in. I was a little skeptical at first, but as you got closer to the film coming out, I was really excited. So what is your past with the DC Cinematic Universe since this is following the Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, Justice League train? What are, you, what are your thoughts on it? I saw Man of Steel. I saw Batman v Superman. I did not see Suicide Squad. I've always been kind of more of a Marvel person. Yeah. So I've never really been into these as much. And I didn't know a lot about the Wonder Woman character. But I still managed to really enjoy this film. Certainly. So what do you think with now Wonder Woman with its success? What are your thoughts on maybe Justice League and Aquaman and all the other films coming up? I don't think you can predict the rest of the DC universe on just one movie. So I think if they can find the right talent to present the right characters, I think they're set. Mm -hmm. I think at this point, all you need is just good directors as clearly evident with this film. Yes. And I think that just keep it up. You know, I think they're going to learn from all the highly positive reactions this has been getting and maybe apply that to future ventures. Certainly. And I, uh, let's bring up the director, Patty Jenkins, for a second, because she is a very, an up-and-coming female director, which directed is best known for directing Monster, another very dark and gritty film. And I have to say that her direction style in this is absolutely spectacular because she manages to show the visuals of the beautiful uh, Themyscira, which is where Wonder Woman comes from, the beautiful, uh, how beautiful, the beautiful tropical island, to the absolute horror of war in this film. So, what did you tell me about the the cinematography? Because it's absolutely gorgeous. I thought I really liked the way the film played with colors. I thought it was really bright at times. They're just presenting this beautiful landscape with Themyscira, and then just really depicting this dark gray sort of world that was World War One, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I thought some of the action scenes were really well shot, particularly when Wonder Woman is running through No Man's Land. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was such a cool effect 
seeing these just bullets completely do no damage whatsoever to the main <laughs> character. No, that scene is is one of the prime examples of the absolute spectacular action in this film. Um, t- tell us about what you thought of the action. I thought it was really good. I agree with Callisto. When that scene came on, <laughs> I was just so excited, and I um, I just the action is just so captivating, and um, in some ways, I think it's better than my action from other superhero movies. It really puts you there in the, so you feel like every punch, you really see it, and it's just so epic and has such an epic feel that I really felt this character deserved. Oh, I have to say, the one woman theme was originally created by Hans Zimmer, and it's just every time it comes on, I'm just like, it's it's go time. Let's see some shield sword action, and let's let's kick some butt. It's a great theme. With that said, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we're going to continue this show. We're going to continue talking to Benjamin about Wonder Woman. Uh, so, Ben, tell us about the acting in this, because not only is Gal Gadot a extremely capable actress, and she's her performance of Wonder Woman really drives this film, but you also got some good supporting characters from Chris Pine. So, what would you think? I liked that this film didn't have a huge, huge cast. I thought it was more minor actors but the film is really about mainly wonder woman but also chris pine's character steve trevor i thought they're they're sort of the comedy that them together have was very funny and really helped balance out the dark battle sequences in the film and i really liked chris pine i thought he was i didn't expect it to find his character very likable. From the trailers, it seemed like Chris Pine was playing the same character he basically always does. And I actually liked his character. I thought Wonder Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was really good. Um, I thought she just presented the character, represented it very well. She had a very kind and generous quality to her and I thought that she really when it was time for action she <laughs> definitely took it up on that promise and I think she does a great job so no I I'm, I'm in love of Gal Gadot she's just spectacular in this film and it's just the great I this film has some really good writing because you got the great banter between um, Chris Pine's character and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and I like how the film is not focusing on like the, the typical tropes like, oh, she's a woman from a different land, so it's everything's different for her. I mean, they make some jokes about that with some of her clothing and um, some of the stuff, but that's not the main comedy. It's not like Princess Diaries kind of comedy. It's actually they, they bring it up, but it's like it's not the main comedy. I'm glad I don't go that route because that could have been an easy, typical route they usually go. Yeah, and I, I really just – I thought – Every line they presented just came out very well, and mm. I'm really glad to see the DC universe sort of lightening up a little, you know, not <laughs> taking themselves so seriously. And I also admire in the script how so it just makes simple events like her or like basically her years on Themyscira and her childhood very interesting. I was very. I really enjoyed the parts of the Amazonians, her, where she was raised, and um, all her, I guess, family. No, definitely. And as you mentioned, the color scheme in this is absolutely breathtaking. There's like this, the dark and gritty blues and grays with, at times, these very bright yellow and golden colors. It's just the mixture of it's absolutely breathtaking to see. So now with this, with Wonder Woman, uh, now with Wonder Woman having this gigantic success, what do you say is uh, like uh, for the future, maybe superhero films with this? Because now we got, we finally have a good female superhero movie, and we it's it's refreshing to see that. So like, what other like superheroes? Since you're a Marvel fan, like any other superheroes you want to see get their own movie now? Uh, definitely want to see a Wonder Woman too, for sure. I'd like to see. I'm excited for the Flash movie. 
I'd like to see maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I I've never been a huge. I've always been more into the comic book movies and the comic books themselves. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know a lot about the characters that I want to see in their own movies. But when Marvel or DC announces that there's another one coming out, I will be there in line, ready to watch. I'm with you. I'll be in line with you because, gosh, I love these superhero films coming out now. It's fantastic. So what would you say is your favorite part in this film? My favorite part is actually, now thinking about it, there's this part when, so Steve Trevor crashes, he's a spy, and he crashes near um, the island where Diana lives, Diana, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Wonder Woman, um, and then this huge battle breaks out between these German troops that are chasing Steve and the Amazonians, who are very much sort of waiting for someone to intrude their island. And I just thought this scene was so epic, and its use of slow-mo really actually worked. Um, there were certain times where it's just like, yes, you know. It, <laughs> and it was so just epic, and it was a nice way to sort of start off the action, because there wasn't actually, there hadn't been much action scenes before it, and it really... Um, set up how the action was going to look like and feel for the rest of the movie. I 100% agree with you. Great way to to start the movie. It was the first action sequence, and it was breathtaking, especially with those slow motion shots. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for talking about Wonder Woman. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I'll see you on the next superhero film, Homecoming. Yep. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. Well, well, you listen to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to go check out Wonder Woman if you haven't. Now's the time. Go check it out. Drop what you're doing. Go see Wonder Woman. But we want to thank you for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To go check out our latest reviews of films and DVD releases, please go check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also check out our YouTube page of the same name, Kids First, on YouTube. We do many reviews and different segments. And we, and if you also want to check out our blogs, we um, are Kids First Film Critics, write about film and different discussions about film. If you're a film buff, please go read those. With that said, thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and I'll see you at the movies. This show is sponsored by Alicia Knows What to Do, Season 1. you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>